Hey, what's going on, Who That Nation? It is yours truly, TJ Jones, the host of the State of the Saints podcast. And thank you very much for checking out the State of the Saints podcast. It's Sunday, so you know what that means. It's time to talk about the New Orleans Saints, and they have a big matchup, Week 17, taking on the Carolina Panthers. And once again, I apologize for pre-recording the show. Um, Some of you may know uh, I've been extremely busy uh, packing and preparing uh, to move. So don't really have that much time uh, to actually do a live show as of right now, but I still wanted to give you all a little something. And I know so many people uh, wanted to talk about this topic. Uh, I did a video on yesterday and I was talking about uh, the Saints uh, running back room uh, when it comes to Alvin Kamara being out with COVID-19. But now we fast forward and we know now the breaking news that came through is that the entire running back room of the New Orleans Saints uh, are going to be out in this week 17 game versus the Carolina Panthers due to close contact with running back Alvin Kamara. That's right. That means there will be uh, no more, no Latavius Murray. There will be no Mike Burton, the fullback. There will be no Dwayne Washington, right? And this is going to be huge for the New Orleans Saints because we know those guys, right? We know Latavius Murray uh, can step in and do a formidable job in the absence of Alvin Kamara. He has done it uh, in years past. We know last year when Alvin Kamara was dealing with injuries, uh, Latavius Murray stepped up. Uh, he averaged uh, probably about you know 150 some odd yards from scrimmage. Uh, we know that in the game versus the Denver Broncos, when he was asked to tote the mail quite a bit, uh, he rose to the occasion for 120 yards. So Latavius Murray is no slouch. And we know about Dwayne Washington also, man. The guy that comes in doing mop-up duty always does a really good job. Uh, the game that really stands out, if you're a Saints fan, was a game a couple of years ago in Week 17. Ironically, they took on the Carolina Panthers, and he rushed for 100 yards. And we know Mike Burton. Uh, Mike Burton is a uh, really good fullback. He can catch the ball out of backfield. He can get you those tough yards uh, on those third and one. So this is going to be huge for the New Orleans Saints uh, being without uh, those three individuals. And not to mention Alvin Kamara, who is, uh, without a shadow of a doubt, uh, the best running back in football, in my opinion. Okay, Maybe in your opinion, you may have somebody else. But as for me, um, this guy's the, the most complete running back in the NFL uh, probably uh, you can even say history, man, the way that this dude do some of the things that he does. But I'm not going to sugarcoat it, who that nation. I'm not. Uh, <laughs> this is going to be tough. This is going to be a tough game for the New Orleans Saints. Uh, one one thing in particular that stands out to me is not so much uh, running in between the tackles. Uh, I, I just think that you might you can have somebody to run between the tackles. If you got an offensive line and you got a running back with a little bit of vision, you should have success running the football. The Saints have a really good offensive line uh, led by Ryan Ramchek and Teron Armstead and the crew. Uh, we know those guys can actually, uh, you know, you know, push those defensive ends back and um, create uh, lanes in order for those running backs to run in. I'm more concerned about pass protection, uh, you know, uh, making sure that Drew Brees doesn't get hit, uh, making sure that Drew Brees, uh, you know, can step up in the pocket and throw the ball down the field. That's what I'm more, mostly concerned about because we know that Drew Brees is dealing uh, with 11 crack ribs. Uh, you know, as yet the weeks go by, we know that uh, he's going to get better, but he's not out of the woods yet. He's not fully healed, and we don't want anybody to be taking shots on a quarterback, especially uh, going into the postseason. Uh, but the Saints do have uh, a backup plan. Uh, they have 
running back uh, slash wide receiver Ty Montgomery, who a lot of us know uh, from the Green Bay Packer days. Uh, he was a really good running back uh, for the Green Bay Packers. And uh, we know that he made a few other stops in Baltimore and in New York. Uh, he dealt with some injuries uh, throughout his career. But he was one of those guys that a lot of people were talking about in Saints training camp. Everybody was talking about how impressed they were uh, with Ty Montgomery. Uh, he's a physical specimen, man. He's a tough guy. Uh, he's a little bit of a battering ram. Uh, he's not going to wow you or anything like that with his elusiveness. Uh, but he is a one-cut guy. You know, when he finds a hole, uh, he'll be able to run through it. No doubt about that. And we have someone else uh, that people may not be familiar with in the Who That Nation. That's rookie Tony Jones Jr. Uh, rookie Tony Jones Jr. Uh, he is a rookie. Uh, he is 5'11", 225 pounds. Uh, he comes uh, out of Notre Dame. Um, and he's a, a, a pretty decent running back, man. He's another guy that had a really good camp. Uh, you know, Tony uh, Jones uh, Jr. I got a few clips here. I just want you all to check them out here. Uh, yeah, but Tony Jones Jr., is a really good uh, running back. You know, he's one of those guys that's a one-cut guy. He's not extremely elusive, uh, but he is a guy that can fight for extra yards, as you can see on this play right here. Uh, you know, he's one of those guys that if you give him the ball, uh, you give him some space, man, you may be able to break a few tackles. He reminds me a little bit of a Kyrie Robinson, man. You know, Kyrie Robinson wasn't the most, uh, you know, the most uh, elusive guy that you ever seen, but uh, he was one of those guys that be able to fight for extra yards. He's not the fastest guy in the world, uh, but he can uh, get the job done, you know, I mean, in in a place of Tom Montgomery when he needs to go to the sidelines. So uh, that is something that uh, the Saints can utilize uh, going forward. And not to mention, I mean, you got Taysom Hill. Uh, you also have Emmanuel Sanders that can probably do some stuff out of the backfield that can help you to get through this game. Uh, it's going to be tough, you know, I mean, when a team doesn't have a quality running back or they don't have their starting running backs, there is going to be a decline in production. It's not going to be uh, something that is going to wow you or knock your socks off. But I do think the Saints can do enough in order for them uh, to win this football game. Now, I am not a, a believer and I am not a supporter. And Sean Payton going out there throwing the ball a million gazillion times a game. OK, I don't want to see Drew Brees throwing the ball 40 times a game. I get it. Uh, you know, you you got to go out there and believe in a guy that you mostly believe in, which is Drew Brees. But I don't want to see Drew Brees uh, opening himself up to taking uh, some shots. And, and I just think that that is going to be extremely dangerous if he can t constantly uh, goes back to pass, because, you know, that the Carolina Panthers, I mean, I don't think they're going to phone it in. You know, I understand they're not going to make the playoffs, but the Carolina Panthers still have a lot to play for. These guys. Uh, playing for their jobs, man. There's no guarantee that these guys are going to be in the Carolina Panthers uniform next year. So they're doing an audition right now. And these guys are going to try to do their best to try to knock off the New Orleans Saints. Uh, there's their old saying, misery loves company, you know, and right now the Saints have a lot to play for. And it's unfortunate that all of these things are going on. You got the situation going on uh, you know, with the number one seed, uh, you got to be watching the Green Bay Packers. You got to be watching the Seattle Seahawks. And then on top of that, uh, you got to watch to see who's your possible opponent going to be if you play in a wild card round. And also in the back of your mind, you have to wonder, are some of these guys going to be back if the Saints end up playing on Saturday? I mean, you know that, you know, whatever the, the card that the Saints draw, you know, there's a possibility that they could be playing on a Saturday. And if they play on a Saturday, that means that they won't be 
they won't have uh, Alvin Kamara in a wild card game, and that is going to be huge, okay? I understand you're going to have some guys coming back. Pretty sure Deontay Harris is going to come back. Pretty sure Patrick Robinson is going to come back. Pretty sure Michael Thomas is going to come back. So that also adds to your offensive uh, firepower. And, you know, if these guys are, you know, don't uh, resent, don't have any symptoms or anything like that, you'll have Latavius Murray, you have Mike Burton, uh, you have Dwayne Washington, a guy who serves on special teams, is one of the best special teams players on the team. So you'll have these guys coming back, but you cannot replace the production of Alvin Kamara and possible, uh, possibly uh, C.J. Gardner-Johnson. So those, those are two guys that are uh, tough, that are physical, very young guys, guys that are emerging as leaders to this team. And you need these guys uh, going into the postseason. Um, I, I just want to go ahead and address something that uh, has been uh, making its rounds uh, on a lot of New Orleans Saints uh, social media pages. Uh, they're, they're talking about, uh, you know, the, the players that, that are out with COVID-19 and how they are uh, being irresponsible and, and talking about how they just, you know, how they just selfishly, uh, you know, put their team in harm's way. Look, man, uh, I don't want to beat up on anybody, all right? I'm not trying to beat up on anybody, uh, especially when I know the type of world that I live in. You know, people uh, live by these sets of rules, right? They, they live by the rules, and, and you know, when they look at other people, they want other people to not live by the rules in which uh, they live by. They, you know, do what I say, not as I do, is what people say. Um when I look at Alvin Kamara, you know, I, I just look at a guy who is just trying to live his life. You know, I mean, he's a football player. His responsibility is on any given Thursday, Saturday or Sunday or whatever day they play uh, for him to go out there and perform. But when he does leave the field, I'm pretty sure this guy wants a, a you know, a sense of normal life. He wants to go out there and, uh, you know, be at a juice bar. He want to be able to be that free spirit that he is. And, you know, it, it, it happens, man. I see people. Uh, putting up pictures of of him in a club i see him putting pictures up of him riding bike with kids in the street and people are just automatically just assuming that's the way that this guy end up getting covid like this because you you take pictures with somebody does not mean that the people that you took pictures with are going to give you covid man i mean that's basically saying like the person that walks up to you and asks you for directions say excuse me uh, can you point me in the direction you know, and all of a sudden, you know, what I'm saying the next day that you have COVID, that's not a guarantee that that person gave it to you. Oh, we, we, we go throughout our daily journey, man. We walk around, we go to the grocery store, we go to work, uh, we ride in our car. Uh, you know, there's so many times in which we come into contact with people or there's a possibility that we could have come into contact with COVID when nobody's even in a vicinity because we all have a knowledge now that that the, the you know the the virus can actually stay in the air you know for an extended amount of time so the person may have you know you know started to you know inhale and exhale without a mask on that stays into the air you walk in there you know what i'm saying and those particles get into you know what i'm saying your into your system and the next thing you know you're like man I, I mean i had a mask on you know what i'm saying i was just walking outside as i was entering a building or entering the store and the next thing you know you have covid or uh, another thing, you're going to the store, you're touching items, right? You know what I'm saying? Somebody uh, had the item before, didn't want it, put it back on the shelf. You get it, you grab it, you put it into your uh, shopping cart, you get into your car, you drive, you forget, oh man, I forgot my hand sanitizer, but you know what I'm saying? You rub your hand, but you put your hand back on the steering wheel and you know what I'm saying? The next thing you know, you might end up having COVID. 
I mean, there's so many different scenarios, man. We cannot just pinpoint, oh, this guy taking a picture with these girls. This guy is sitting out there, you know what I'm saying, sitting up there having a party at his house. Oh, you know what I'm saying? I mean, he had a couple guests at his house or a party at his house or whatever like that. We cannot just automatically assume. And I get it, man. We we as fans, we are sometimes so selfish. I'm just going to call it for what it is. We are so selfish as fans sometimes that the only thing that we see is the goal. We have talked so much crow, so much trash, talking to other uh, fans of other teams, talking about how the Saints are going to beat your team, how we're going to embarrass your team, this our year, this, that, and the third. And the only thing that we're thinking about in the back of our mind is not the health and the well-being of these players, but the fact that I want to feel like a winner because I want the Saints to go all the way. And I know how important these players are to the success of the team. And them not being there is going to cost me to possibly have to walk to work on Monday morning and feel embarrassed because the Saints got knocked out of the playoffs. Look, everything cannot be about you. You cannot just look at that in this particular situation. And you can't just, you know what I'm saying, just criticize those guys because I know, you know, people want to talk about some of the things that they're doing and they want to talk about, oh, I I wouldn't have did nothing like that. Man, stop lying to yourself. Everybody, nobody is sitting in a basement all day, all night, every single day of their life. You're going out there. You're taking chances in some cases. I've seen this situation occur. I've seen the majority of the people still taking chances, still out here, still trying to live their normal lives. But they want to go ahead and hold other people accountable. But that's not how it goes. I don't care how rich. I don't care how successful a person is. You know what I'm saying? That's the hypocrisy that is going on in this world right now. We have these we have these rules that we want everybody else to follow, and we're not doing it ourselves. And people are trying to compare this to Dwayne Haskins. Look, Dwayne Haskins getting cut by the Washington football team had absolutely nothing with the super spreader party. And if it did, it was probably about 10%. This guy was a guy that had absolutely no discipline. This was a guy that did not rise to the occasion. This is a guy that took his playbook and probably stuffed it underneath his, his sofa when he got home. This is a guy that, that could not read coverages, a guy that did not know how to, to develop, a guy that inside of the locker room, his teammates did not believe in him. This is a guy that was a, a 15 overall pick, and when Ron Rivera came to the team, stuffed this guy as a third-string quarterback because he did not like his work ethic. Uh, Needless to say that Alvin Kamara's work ethic it, it really, you know what I'm saying? I mean, it just completely outshines Dwayne Haskins. And I hate to be the bearer of bad news to you all. And people are saying, well, what's the difference between Dwayne Haskins and Alvin Kamara? Uh, it's production. Okay. <laughs> I hate to tell you this, but it's the truth. It's production. Look, you you talking about double standards. There is no double standard when it comes to the National Football League. Look, like in the words of Shannon Short, teams will tolerate you until you know what i'm saying you're not as productive anymore if you are productive they will tolerate you if the if if you're not productive then most likely you are low-hanging fruit you're on your way out the door you can't be sleeping in meetings if you are the backup to the backup okay if you're a star and you fall asleep in a meeting somebody gonna nudge you and wake you up and say pay attention to this this that's the difference that is the difference is it a double standard in certain ways yes but you know what I'm saying at the same time i just feel like uh Dwayne Haskins didn't do himself any favors and I just feel like with Alvin Kamara I mean we all know what he brings to the table look it's unfortunate like I said I don't know you know what I'm saying if that's the case 
I don't know if uh, you know what I'm saying, like if if that those bike riders or you know what I'm saying, or him taking pictures with those ladies or or CJ Garner Johnson, you know what I'm saying, having a picture at his house. I don't know what the what the situation is, but I know this, man. These two guys are very, very important to the team. And Dwayne Haskins, uh, I need people to do a little bit more research. This was like maybe the second or even the third time uh that they uh have found out that he was uh having like these different uh social events at his home or being surrounded by a whole bunch of people so it, it was uh it was a cluster of things that got him uh tossed up out of washington so let's just make that very very clear but i'm not going to go out here and, and pick on and, and kick these guys around and all that kind of stuff look i love the new orleans saints uh the saints have been doing this the entire season the saints have been uh having guys out and i feel like if you want to uh, get mad at Alvin Kamara the only reason why you're really mad at him the way that you are is because how good he is right because I didn't see that same energy when Emmanuel Sanders was out ain't nobody say man look how selfish Emmanuel Sanders was I didn't see this type of selfishness when Dwayne Washington was out right I didn't see that same enthusiasm like man man this guy's one of the best guys on special teams why 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 is he uh being selfish I didn't even hear this when Teron Armstead was out but all of a sudden, Alvin Kamara coming off a six-touchdown week. Now, all of a sudden, we got pitches, and we want to be Dragnet, and we want to be uh, Perry Mason and Dick Tracy and them, and we want to be investigated. We want to do our, our world-famous impression of the FBI files, right? We want to do forensic files, right? We want to be <laughs> we want to be uh, Dr. Fauci and all that kind of stuff. Now that Alvin Kamara, who is a very important tool to the offense, and the New Orleans Saints organization that you can actually see him perform. Now, all of a sudden, like, we all mad. We mad at C.J. Gardner-Johnson because we fell in love with this guy because we love him for being a trash talker and a, and a bona fide certified goon of the New Orleans Saints team. Now, all of a sudden, like, oh, man, we draw the line here. But what was the line drawn with Emmanuel Sanders when Michael Thomas wasn't, wasn't playing, right? And we had to go to the practice squad guy. Why ain't nobody say nothing about that? Why ain't nobody say nothing about the left tackle uh, being one of the best left tackles in football in Teron Armstead? Where was the energy at then? That is what I'm saying, man. We got to make sure that we're being consistent when we have these type of things and not just think and really, truly think about this. Really, truly think about where's this frustration coming from? Where's this anger coming from? Is it is it them being selfish or is it just the fact that you're mad that that guy's not going to play and there's a strong chance that the Saints might lose in their absence? Because that's what it's all about here, man. Like I said, and I just and I just said this, um, you know, said a few minutes ago. Okay, it's about production because if a guy's not being as productive or a guy isn't extremely productive, then all of a sudden we don't care. We don't care. We we don't care about that. We don't care about a guy uh, if he if he may have about three carries or a guy that's uh, running down the field as fast as he can to tackle somebody on special teams. We don't care about that, do we? Because that's not in that's not in our focal point. But when somebody coming off a six touchdown game on Christmas Day, all of a sudden, you know what I'm saying? Like, nah, we draw the line there. But look, the Saints are a really well structured team, okay? And I'm pretty sure Sean Payton has stayed up all night trying to prepare and get himself, uh, you know, situated for this game. And, look, spare me with the NFL hates the Saints in this regard. Look, do I think that the NFL uh, has uh, a little, you know, 
uh, axe to grind with the uh, New Orleans Saints at that time? Absolutely. Okay. Do I think that they do certain things to the New Orleans Saints uh, just because as of right now, it has become a parody? Absolutely. But this is not the case, folks. This is not the case. You know, if people saying this is unfair or they hate us, but did they hate the Denver Broncos when uh, the entire quarterback room was out? Right. And they had to go to a wide receiver. We would have benefit. Uh, we would have benefactors of of that. Right. You know what I'm saying? We actually uh, gained a win. That game would have been a much more tougher if, uh, you know, Drew Locke would have been playing in that game. Uh, we were the beneficiaries of a win. Right. Because of this. Because of this, we actually got an easy win. All we had to do was run the football, get a lead, and that was a wrap. Okay, so if we're going to say the same thing and talk about how the NFL doesn't like us, then we need to look no further uh, than the Denver Broncos in that game, okay? Because I guess the NFL really hates them because they ain't even allowed them to have one of the most important positions, if not the most important position on the field at quarterback. They they allow they didn't even allow those guys uh, to even uh, hit the field. So I'm not even going to look at it that way. This was one of those unfortunate things. And I just hope that lessons are being learned. You know what I'm saying? Like to make sure that you are being prepared, that you're officially dialed in. And even though, you know, you may not know anybody that that has COVID, you never seen anybody calling you and saying, dang, I got diagnosed with COVID-19. And then all of a sudden, in the back of our minds, we're like, man, I'll be okay, man. When have we learned or heard about anybody having COVID-19? I ain't never heard nobody. You ain't heard anybody dying about that. I heard people die, but I don't know people personally that die. And all of a sudden, like, we just walk around like, you know, we can walk around the rain and not get wet. You know, we, we think of ourselves as expendable or in the back of our minds, we think that, you know, we might fall into that whole trap like, oh, man, this ain't real. Like, they they – they're overblowing this. They're making this bigger than what it is, and nothing is going to happen to me. I don't know what the case is, but we have to be a little bit more responsible, and I hope, hopefully these guys uh, learn their lesson. You know what I'm saying? Learn that you know it, it's very, very important uh, for them to make sure that they use all the precautions. And, and yes, I understand you're young, you're rich, uh, you know what I'm saying, like beautiful people, you know what I'm saying, women are, are trying to get at you, you know what I'm saying, probably inbox full want to meet up with you you want to hang out you know what i'm saying you want to go out there you want to look nice and you know what i'm saying let everybody see hey, hey man that's the that's your boy right there man yeah man that's my boy right here man i get your autograph and, and want all the cheers and, and the validation you know what i'm saying i get it you know what i'm saying I, I i get it i understand that but you know you got to make sure that you're you doing all the right things okay you got to make sure that you're doing all the right things so how is this going to change the saints offensive game plan uh how is it going to change it uh number one look uh it's probably going to call for drew Brees to do a lot of three-step drops in which he already done anyway you know drew Brees isn't the guy that does five and seven step drops no way um you know i think it's going to call for drew Brees to get the ball out of his hand extremely quickly you're probably going to see a lot of wide receiver screens uh you're probably going to see uh you know, emmanuel sanders probably in the backfield you're probably going to see some short passes to adam troutman uh jared cook uh, you're probably going to see guys on the outside, you know, going quick slants and stuff like that. Nothing too crazy, you know what I'm saying, for them to throw the football. And you're also probably just going to see pretty conventional uh, running plays. You're not probably going to see a lot of uh, halfback sweeps or halfback tosses. You're probably going to see a lot of halfback dives right up the middle. Uh, you're going to see guys, you know what I'm saying, run up the middle. You know what I'm saying? You're going to see offensive linemen opening up uh, lanes for these guys. You know, you're probably going to see probably an average between four to five yards a clip. And, um, you know, the, the, the key is to make sure that you're actually winning this game. And we're going to need 
uh, another defensive performance. You know, defense is really going to have to step up and put pressure uh, on Teddy Bridgewater because this is one of those games, man, where uh, you're missing some of your playmakers. You're missing the guys that can actually move the chains a, a tad bit. And you, you want to make sure that you stay ahead of the curve here. So the defense can't be half-stepping in this game. And I understand they're going to be playing uh, from behind a tad bit because you're not going to have Marcus Williams and uh, DJ Swearinger is another guy that ends up on a COVID list, another guy that I was extremely high on. Uh, he's not going to be playing in this game. So you're playing behind the eight ball. They called up some guys from the practice squad. Lil Jordan Humphreys is back. Uh, uh, Hanson, uh, they, they signed him up. Uh, I think want to say uh, uh, Griffin, uh, you know what I'm saying, a tight end. Uh, he has been called up. And you have a couple more guys, you know, that have been called up from the practice squad. So the New Orleans Saints have called up 11 guys to be active. Uh, in this game so you're going to be missing a, a quite a quite a few players uh, in a secondary you're probably going to see uh, Malcolm Jenkins not play so close to the line like he normally does when CJ Garner Johnson and, and Marcus Williams is there uh, the Saints mostly use like three safety sets uh, you know having CJ on the field having Malcolm Jenkins having Marcus Williams on the field uh, you know PJ Williams is most likely going to play safety in this game and, uh, you know, you're probably going to have uh, the, the guy that come from the practice squad. He's probably going to be in a rotation uh, going into this game. Look, you're going to have some some plays where guys are probably going to miss assignments. You're probably going to have some communication issues. I'm not going to have difficulties. You're going to have difficulties, uh, you know, when it comes to the communication Uh you know, standpoint. But look, all you can do is just bend with don't break. Look, I don't care if the Saints win this game by one point. I don't care if they win this game by uh, 14 points. The, the key is to win this game because that's the only thing that you can do. You The only thing you can do is win this football game. Look, uh, do the Saints need that first round by? They probably need it more than ever right now. I wasn't more concerned. Uh, I wasn't as concerned about the, the first round by, uh, you know, as I am right now because now we're dealing with the fact that Alvin Kamara uh, is a strong possibility he won't play if the Saints play on Saturday. Well, there's not a strong possibility he won't play uh, if the Saints uh, play on Saturday. So you're definitely looking at that first round by because you can get guys healthy. You know what I'm saying? Or you can get those guys back. Uh, you know, you don't have to worry about those guys reporting on a Saturday and playing on a Sunday if the Saints get the luck of the draw uh, and end up playing on, you know what I'm saying, end up playing on Sunday, you don't uh have to worry about those guys uh being in a rotation for just one day and, and understanding the game plan for one day you don't have to worry about that so the way that i look at it man you know if they get that first round by that would be huge for the new orleans saints don't no team need the first round by right now uh like the new orleans saints do and uh i just think that they still can do some things to uh win this football game and i now uh, honestly, I think that it's fair now because if you think about it, uh, the Carolina Panthers, they're going to be without two, their two uh, running backs. They're going to be without Mike Davis. They're going to be without Christian McCaffrey. So uh, th this makes this an equal playing field. Uh, the Saints are playing without their two starting running backs. So, they, I mean, let the best team win. Look, I, I just want the best players on the team. I just want all the players on the team to leave this game virtually unscathed. I don't want to see anybody like Janora Jenkins going down holding his knee. I don't want to see somebody like Marshawn Lattimore holding his hamstring. I don't want to see somebody like Demario Davis uh, get injured in this game. I don't want to see somebody like Nick Easton uh, leaving the field because he has another concussion. 
I don't want to see somebody like Andrews Pete uh, banging the ground because he's hurt again. I just want these guys to get the win and leave this game virtually unscathed, okay? I mean, you're going to have some bumps and some bruises because you're playing football, but I don't want to see any injuries occurring in this game that is going to cause the Saints hardship uh, going into the postseason because we don't need any more disappointments or any more bad news coming out of Metairie, Louisiana, all right? I want to see Drew Brees uh, get the ball out of his hands. I don't want to see him taking uh, any shots. I want to see the offensive line protecting this guy, you know, creating a wall around him in order for him to deliver the ball down the field. Uh, I want to see the running backs uh, actually go out here and rise to the occasion. Look, there's a strong possibility. There was a strong chance that you probably would never see the field, Tony Jones Jr. I mean, you were on the practice squad. Nobody even really heard of you like that. I heard of you because I watched Notre Dame football, you know, but at the same time, this is your opportunity. It's almost like Marquez Callaway. You know, Marquez Callaway going into that game versus the Detroit Lions, uh, he rose to the occasion. You know, he was able to step up. No, uh, you know, no Michael Thomas in the game. You know what I'm saying? They, they elevated him. You know, people like Lil Jordan Humphreys in that Kansas City Chiefs game. You know, this is your opportunity, Tony, to, to step up and, and show the New Orleans Saints that, you know, maybe there's a future with you involved in the future of the New Orleans Saints. Because, you know, like I said, he had a really good training camp. People were really high on him. He's a really humble guy. If you ever hear him talk, you know, him having an opportunity to go out there uh, alongside Ty Montgomery, who I feel like, and I said this before, he's more of a, a poor man's Alvin Kamara, a guy that can run between the tackle, a guy that can catch the ball out of the backfield, a guy who can, you know, make people miss. You know, like I said, not extremely elusive, but he can make people miss and he can fight for those extra yards. I think these two guys can get the job done. You know, are they going to be what we had in, in Latavius Murray and Alvin Kamara? Absolutely not. Let's not even get it twisted there. But if you can find, you know, Taysom Hill out there with the RPOs, right? Taysom Hill, you know what I'm saying, can go out there and run the football as well. We know that he's capable of doing that. Now, I will say this. Um, I feel like there is going to be an uptick on Taysom Hill carries due to the fact of uh, Tony Jones not really being a part of offensive rotation and Ty Montgomery, you know, he's him being there, but, you know, not really being used as that running back more so of that, the extra slot receiver in certain cases or working on special teams. I do feel like Taysom Hill is going to get some carries, more carries than probably, probably those two guys, you know, (laughs) like, I don't know, because maybe Taysom Hill understands the playbook and because he's in the running back room, uh, you know, him understanding that. But nevertheless, look, he has to hold on to the football. Uh, we know that Taysom Hill has a little bit of issue when it comes to him <coughs> coughing up the football. Uh, but, you know, let's just make sure that we hold on to the football high and tight. You know, make sure that the ball ain't being ripped out of your hands. And, um, you know, one thing about Taysom, uh, something that I, I kind of, you know, noticed about him, uh, when he is the designated runner, uh, you don't really see him fumbling the football. You know, it, it comes when uh, he has the option to run or pass, okay? Because maybe, like, in the back of his mind, maybe he's thinking about throwing it, or, you know what I'm saying, he, and, and maybe he's throwing, trying to think about throwing a football, he shoots off, but, you know, that's not a part of the plan, and he's not really focusing on ball security at that particular time. So hopefully he can hold on to the football high and tight um, alongside those guys, and they can just do a serviceable job. I don't understand how Sean Payton is not in the running for coach of the year. You know, I just think that sometimes when coaches uh, have a history of uh, doing great things, when they have a history of being great, 
when they have a history of being elite uh, as a play caller, or, you know, defensively or offensively, I feel like the NFL takes them for granted. But when you look at Sean Payton, like when you peel back the curtain and you look at some of the situations that the New Orleans Saints had to deal with and had Sean Payton had to adjust to, I don't understand how his name can't be in the runnings. And I understand like when you have people like Kevin Stefanski out there in Cleveland who got them at a, at a double digit winning season. And when you have people like Brian Flores, who has uh, Miami on the brink of uh, clinching a playoff bird, I get it. OK, those guys taking a, a snake bitten franchise, a, a franchise that has been uh, has had some down years and you make those guys relevant. I understand that. But when you look at what Sean Payton has done when you don't have any Michael Thomas, you don't have no Drew Brees, uh, you don't have Emmanuel Sanders a couple weeks, uh, you don't have Alvin Kamara, you know what I'm saying, going into a couple weeks, uh, you don't have Teron Armstead, and yet you still go out there and you still got your team winning uh, 11 games. That is something that is absolutely incredible, and I, I'm not even saying that as a homer, man. I'm just saying, like, if somebody like Kyle Shanahan, if he just so happened to get – the San Francisco 49ers to the playoffs after losing Solomon Thomas and, and Nick Bosa and all the other people that he lost, Jimmy Garoppolo, George Kittle, I would be saying the same thing about him. Uh, I just think that when coaches have a reputation of being good coaches, uh, they, it, it just seems to be expected. People expect those guys to go out there and perform. They expect those guys to have double-digit wins, and it becomes a little bit ho-hum, right? But I, I do think that he needs to be in a running uh, for coach of the year will he win it uh pro probably not because like i said mentioning kevin stefanski with the cleveland browns i mean we all know what the cleveland browns have been oh my god you know what i'm saying they've been absolutely hot garbage over the past uh 15 to 20 years and then you add on uh you know the miami dolphins who have had issues trying to find a successor to <laughs> dan marino that's right dan marino who retired what back in 2000 so it's been about 20 21 years uh since uh you know the miami dolphins have uh, really has some cr uh, credible quarterback play. I mean, even though uh, Brian Flores has been uh, playing a quarterback position like we play baseball, you know what I'm saying? Like you, you take out uh, Justin Verlander <laughs> and you put, you know, you put in a closer or something like that. It's crazy, right? But anyway, uh, <laughs> you know, it's crazy how they're playing out there in Miami. But nevertheless, I, I understand why those guys are getting the attention and they, and they should. But I think Sean Payton name need to be on the list uh, as well. Uh, once again, uh, for those that didn't check out the last video that I did, uh, my prediction score uh, was 30 uh, to 16. Um, I'm going to go ahead and change the score due to some of the situations that the Saints are going to be enduring. I'm going to give uh, I'm going to give the Carolina Panthers an extra touchdown. That's right. I'm going to give them an extra touchdown. It's going to be 30 to 23. Uh, I got the Saints winning this game by uh, seven points. Uh, I just think that the New Orleans Saints is just a better team uh, than uh, the Carolina Panthers. And I just think that, you know, even though you have some of these guys out, it's playoff time, right? It's playoff time. Like you're playing for something right now. Every game uh, means something. Every game uh, matters. Okay. And if you go out there and not win this football game, regardless to if Green Bay loses or not, you know what I'm saying? You, you still are behind the eight ball, right? So you got to go out there and you got to put your best foot forward. I expect Sean Payton to dot every I and cross every T to make sure that he put these guys in position to score. And I just think that they need to utilize the young rookie, you know, use Tony Jones because there's no game film on him. You know, there's no game film on this guy. You know, nobody knows what this guy is capable of, 
but you know what this guy is capable of. I mean, you see him around the facility for the most part. Uh, you see this guy, you know what I'm saying, like in a, in a running back room. You see this guy doing some amazing, incredible things. So, you know, I just think that if you look at it that way, I think they should be extremely successful. Uh, so got my boy here, just woke up. Uh, so say hey to everybody. Say hey. All right. So I think the Saints are going to win 30 to 23. But this has been the State of the Saints podcast. Thank you very much for checking out the State of the Saints podcast. Please subscribe to the YouTube channel, youtube.com, search the State of the Saints podcast, facebook.com, search the State of the Saints podcast. Previous episodes are available on iTunes, Spotify, iHeartRadio, and Anchor FM. And for all my wrestling fans out there, I encourage you all to check out my new podcast entitled TJ Knows Wrestling Podcast. Uh, On this podcast, I break down some of the best wrestlers of all time. I'm a huge wrestling fan for those that don't know. So this show is focused on one wrestler at a time. Uh, My first episode, I did a show on the best there is, the best there was, the best there ever will be, Brett the Hitman Hart. Uh, uh, Next episode, I am going to be focusing on my favorite wrestler of all time. Episode two will be on Eddie Guerrero. That's right. Eddie Guerrero will be on episode two. So TJ Knows Wrestling Podcast, the description will be down below. You all have a great, a great Sunday. Uh, enjoy the game. I'll be back for the post game show live on the State of the Saints podcast. And like always, all I got to say is, who that? <laughs>